Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. We are here because we know the outcomes in our lives are within our control. That taking absolute ownership of how we eat, sleep, train, think, and connect with each other is how we'll optimize our health and happiness. That chasing excellence is how we grab hold of what is possible. Our mission is to live on the run. Always chasing. Never stop. No one had, like, has, has anyone ever gotten over something from, uh, because someone told him to just get over it? <laughs> Never in the history of calm ever. downs has anyone ever calmed down from being told to calm down. Never. <laughs> no. But we tr- keep trying. Yeah. We keep trying. I'm going to yeah. calm <laughs> down. Well, I'm going to start the episode. You're overreacting. Yeah. Oh, well, you're right. I, thanks for oh, reminding my God. me. Thanks. Welcome back to this conversation, everybody. I'm not even going to do a real intro because we're just going right into it. I'm going to find where to enter that. Mark and Kimberly are still here. If you didn't listen to our last week's episode, go back, listen to it. We've got these folks in in, uh, in town from Richmond, Virginia, to talk to us uh, about mindset, about the victim mentality, about what we can do with uh, our words to live the kind of life that we are aiming to live. Thank you both again for being here. In our last conversation, we spent a lot of time kind of up in the clouds. And I think this one, we want to get down into the dirt a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and we teased it a little bit. We've, we had hints and, and we mentioned some things uh, mechanistically that we can all do to begin to move ourselves away from the victim mentality and towards maybe in Ben's parlance towards that curious competitor uh, mindset that we all want to get ourselves to. And so I don't know where the right place to begin with this before recording Ben sort of offered himself up as a Guinea pig. (laughs) And so I'm just going to put it on the table and I'll let you guys kind of drive the conversation, at least as we start to how we go from, okay, yeah, that sounds good. Sign me up for some of that to, Oh, that's actually what it looks like. Got it. Where do we begin that? Let's do it. Let's do a should detox. Right. Gentlemen, you both have pens and papers. This yeah. is easy. And ladies and gentlemen, following along at home, uh, uh, feel free to participate. Uh, so this is called the should detox. We've been running it for a decade. It's famous within the coaching community. So uh, Patrick and Ben, pick a should statement. Mm. That's, you know, mm, day to day week to something something in your um you've been doing recently or you've you've noticed you know here's some examples i mm-hmm. should drink more water mm-hmm. or i should walk more or i should call my friends my 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 longtime friends more or anything should i should go to bed earlier whatever it is write it in a full sentence i should one period just one sentence it's all you need it's all you need This is interesting podcasting when nobody says anything and two people are writing. <laughs> it's <sprawling. laughs> yeah. Well, I'll fill the silence a little bit. These should statements <laughs> run through our head all day long and they, they happen consciously and unconsciously. But what's what we are going to walk you through here is the experience of what that should statement is creating for you as far as emotions <clears throat> and mental imagery. So the idea of oh man, I really should call my mom when you're running out the door or, oh man, I really should have done this thing before. I should have sent this email before I left. Um, Oh man, I should have told that guy about this thing. 
and that's the energy that comes with it most often. Or it could be something where it's like, man, like you really like self-deprecating. Like I should really not eat that chocolate Mm -hmm. or like I should really figure out how to get into the gym this week. And, and it's pressure and Mm -hmm. it's, it's creating a sense of there's something that I should be doing and I'm not doing it. And therefore, what does that mean about me? I'm a failure maybe. Right. You know, we can, we can go down that rabbit hole, but. And, and this brings up a, um, a bigger part of the conversation before we get into the, into the should detox. Most people do not negation acknowledged have 612 super scary thoughts about their life. Mm -hmm. Okay. They have a handful of thoughts that are running over and over and over again. The fastest way to break those spells is to write them down, Mm. get them on paper, get them out of your head. And what we're doing with the should detox, what we do with our story in general in the enlifted system is we slow down the storytelling mechanism so we give ourselves that get the pun breathing room so we can connect the dots between what our words how our words are influencing us for better and for worse most people use their language so quickly it's hard to get a bead on what's doing what mm. okay and so uh on graduation for level one we we get everyone to do an exercise um to further dismantle the imposter syndrome. And that exercise entails write down the scary thoughts. Mm-hmm. And the the record so far is 13. Okay. 13 scary thoughts. 13 scary thoughts that that fuel. And it's 13 scary thoughts that keep going over and over mm-hmm. and over and over and over mm-hmm. and over and over again. It's not 512 scary thoughts. Okay. So when we start to get some of these, getting the words on paper... It's where the rubber meets the road. It makes things very clear very quickly, especially if you're coaching with someone. When your clients, when your client stories are written down, whether it's virtually on a Google Doc, that's what we use, or pieces of paper, now there's no conjecture to the configuration of the words. It gets very, it's a very clarifying process. Mm-hmm. Now we're both looking at the same at this at the same configuration of words and we can start making adjustments. So we've got two should statements written mm-hmm. down. And most people have, most people have should on themselves from time to time. Okay. And, and, um, uh, and here's how we turn that around. So first things first, Patrick, what, what's your, your should statement? Uh, I should be planning for our financial future better. Perfect. And very simple folks. We just check in with the feels. What kind of energy does that create? Uh, I don't know if anxiety is an energy, but that's the yep. anxiety, <laughs> emotion. It's the same yep. thing. Okay, perfect. And that's 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 wonderful. Um, what's your should statement, Ben? I, I should create more time to connect with my team. What kind of feeling does that create? Uh, it's really disappointment mm. that I'm not fulfilling my role as a leader. Got it. Step two, take your pens, also known as magic wands, <laughs> rewrite that sentence, that same sentence below the first one and make a one word adjustment. Take out the should and put in could. And ladies and gentlemen, if you're following along, please do that as well. And if you're driving, you don't do, still do it. <laughs> Make the statement out loud if you're driving. <laughs> there. Yeah, exactly. Okay. <coughs> Got it. N- now read your could statement, Patrick. I could be planning for our financial future better. Is there any difference in 
the energy? Oh yeah. What what's the difference? There's potential in the second one. There's 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 energy forward instead of uh, resistance forward. Perfect. Ben, what's your could statement? I could create more time to connect with my team. How's that one feel? Uh, more empowering. Perfect. We're on a roll. Same sentence right below it. <clears throat> Take out the could, put in can. And that's how you run it, folks. We've mm-hmm. got one more after this. And write it, say it, check in with the feels. What's your can mm-hmm. statement? I can plan for my uh, for our financial future better. How's that one feel? Any different than the could? Yeah. Again, it's uh, it brings it closer to action or closer to uh, my center of control. 100%. And very, very frequently, the word should creates obligation mm-hmm. for people. It's a form of pressure. Very, very rarely do people go on to do great things running should. running <laughs> on obligation for long periods of time. What's your what's your can statement? I then? can create more time to connect with my team. How's that feel? Um, better than the should, but it feels a little um, pie in the sky. Like I don't know if I believe it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Step four. So. Once upon a time, Dr. Robert Cialdini wrote a mm-hmm. book called Influence, The Power of Persuasion. And they did a very interesting uh, uh, study or exercise in it. It's where they, they, they went into copy – I tend to um, uh, uh, get my tongue twisted on this – copy machine copy room the the, the 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 room with the copy machines in it. Mm-hmm. and they'd go when it, we'll call in, it copy machine room copy <laughs> machine room thank you and they'd go from the back of the line i'm sorry, that happens almost every time back of the line to the front of the line and they ask excuse me can i get in front of you mm. uh, uh to make some copies and they got a yes 66 percent of the time then they added a because so they go back of the line front of the line excuse me can I get in front of you to make some copies? Because if I do, I can get these two, um, you know, uh, my partner, uh, and they'll 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 use them in this presentation. Or can I get in front of you to make some copies? Because if I get these done now, I can go to my my daughter's recital, whatever. Ninety four percent success rate. Okay, this is where it gets funny and a little spooky. They go to the back of the line, to the front of the line, and say, "Excuse me, can I get in front of you to make some copies? Because I need to make some copies." <laughs> Yes, 93% of the time. So what does that say? When we add a because, when we add a why, we get roughly a 33% boost in buy-in, okay? And the why is essentially irrelevant, okay? You can put anything on there. So it's should to could, could to can, can to can plus because. So that last sentence, that last can, put a because on the end of that, Mm -hmm. fill in whatever the reason is. And, and yeah, see what happens. Things are happening, folks, we promise. Would you call it the magic wand? Yeah, the definition of magic is the ability to apparently alter the course of events using supernatural forces. It's not the ability to do it, it's the apparent ability. And when someone knows how to use a pen to write down 
words and stories and mm -hmm. make some improvements, then they can talk themselves into all kinds of amazing things. Uh, but we forgot a key magic word. Oh, we're going there. We're, we're <laughs> totally going there, folks. I'm peculiar about my pens. And the other yep. day, my wife accidentally stole one and I was very upset. So I bought another one, but then she found it. And so I'm just now like, have you see my purple magic my magic wand. It's a nice pen. Yeah. I've, I actually noticed that. I'm a pen person. I noticed <laughs> I was like, that's a nice pen. It's a cross pen. <laughs> Anyways, not to derail the conversation. <clears throat> Read that sentence. Uh, I don't, I don't know that it's very good, but I, I can't, I can plan for our financial future better because I understand why it matters. What does that because, and then the rest do to do for you? Mm -hmm. It grounds it to a large degree. It makes it, 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 yeah, I think it, it grounds it. That's kind of how it feels. Okay. It makes it real. It makes it more real. A little different than where we started with the should. Yeah. Cool. It's the name of the game. Uh, ben, what you got with your, what's your, I can create more time to connect with my team because I own my schedule and can prioritize what is most important. Did the because help? Uh, that does, that becomes empowering again. It's like, yeah, dude, it's like, this is your, it's your choice, man. It's all, it's just a choice at this point. Very, very common. Pe most people almost exclusively prefer the can plus because whatever it is to the should. Mm -hmm. Like I said, should is a very reliable pressure language statement. You're, you're, you're going to get obligation. <clears throat> you're going to get pressure. It's going to be heavy. Um, very rarely is, is it ever going to be fun. Okay. <laughs> and, and, and like I said, it's a, it's a, it's usually a poor choice of energy to run for the long term. Mm -hmm. I mean, short term is not, not that great either. Mm -hmm. acknowledged. Mm -hmm. um, and bringing this into a coaching yeah. environment, it's whether you're in a gym, you're sitting down with a client one-on-one, -on -one, you're having a casual conversation with somebody, you realize these should statements come out of our mouth often without much attachment or thought to the fact that we're what we're saying and the implication that that has on the feeling. So use an example of, uh, a nutrition coach working with a client and the client themselves says, I should really figure out, you know, what meals I'm going to have this week. Now, as a coach, I could respond with, yeah, great. Let's start planning. And I could go into problem solve mode, or I could recognize the language pattern and I could understand and have with this knowledge, understand likely the mental imagery that's existing in my client's mind and what their putting in their head is a lot of pressure of, oh man, this is going to be a project. I'm going to have to sit down and write about what meals I'm going to have this weekend. Drag. And I got to go to the freaking grocery store and get the stuff. And then, oh my God, I have to figure out how to cook it. And Jesus, like it's a big, <laughs> like it's a process. It's a journey. Whether then if I know the language, I can sit down with them and I can ask them to do what we just guided Ben and Patrick through and say, okay, let's write that down. This is what you said. Let's pause at this one sentence because they're not going to pause at that one sentence. They're going to go down the story mm -hmm. and they're going to go down the feeling of this is hard and difficult and it's going to require a lot of work. Or like, I know I should do it, but I don't want to do it. Like yeah. two totally different experiences. When we take people through should de detox, what the experience is happening from a coaching perspective. What's different here is I'm not explaining to you what you should do and I'm not telling you why you should do it. What I'm doing is I'm taking you on a slowed down journey for you to tell yourself mm -hmm. and for you to draw and connect the conclusions for yourself. Because now you're talking about what I should do. I realize is actually what I could do because it would get me the result that I want. And because I understand that I'm in control of myself, I can do it. And here's why. 
Now I've taken you from one sentence, which was spiraling likely to a very suffocating, very constrictive, very uh, massive mountain to climb or a big hurdle to get over to the, the, the sentence that was holding that whole story together and I've changed it. So now I feel more empowered and I understand that I have control over it. I know why it's important to me. Okay. And now I can start to unravel the following actions or the following things becomes Ben, when are you going to schedule some time to lead your team? And you can go to your calendar and you can write it down. And you, now you have a meeting next Wednesday with your team. It's just about leadership and fun versus you having this overwhelming story about, Oh God, I'm not spending enough time with them. I'm not giving them attention. Right. And then Patrick's with the financial thing. It's like, Oh man, I'm just never, I'm Mm -hmm. it's overwhelming. It's a task. And now it's like, well, okay, great. Like now you know what it is. And is it the next step could be, do you, uh, choose to do the same thing and schedule some time for yourself? Or maybe you seek an advisor or you find support. And now we can, now we can take action from this rather than being stuck in the overwhelm should story because it's now we can, be more neutral. It fits per- perfectly with the process. Uh, I should fill it in. That's a big picture problem. Um, uh, uh, hello, overwhelm. And as we go through a lot of the, the the language exercise exercises that we do, they're designed specifically to get people out of this big picture overwhelm and mm. to chunk the thing down, whatever it is, into something small and manageable and actionable. Some language in our community is action spells dispels overwhelm. And let's let's leverage the power of our words to get to actionable. Okay. Or or, or and, and to and to make the thing simple. What's the next step? Okay. What are the next two steps? And when we reside there, um and like you said many times in chasing excellence, do do the moment, do this moment really well. That's language that facilitates me. It, it helps me do the moment well. Okay, as opposed to Muhammad Ali said it. He said it's not the mountain that we climb that wears us out. It's the pebble in our shoe. Okay, and a lot of times the pebbles in our shoe are, are you know shoulds, mm-hmm. have tos, you know they're always interrupting me. It's, it's the stuff that it's so easy to overlook this stuff because it's so close to home. It's right between our ears. It's right under our nose. It's right at our fingertips. And it's super easy to fall into the trap of thinking the solution to our problems is as equal to the size of the problem. Mm. Nope. Very frequently, you pick up a pen and write the story out and get with someone who knows the words and the angles and the rhythm, and they can quite ease, quite quickly help you, help you, help you turn the volume down on Armageddon nine in your head. One of the things uh, that I was thinking about as we were doing the the should de- the should detox when I started. Uh, in CrossFit, Ben and I started in CrossFit roughly around the same time. One of the biggest kind of light bulb moments for me or things that I recognize like, Oh, that's, that's really different is when I started watching coaches teach other people how to run. And I think now we're starting to see that in coaches teaching people how to breathe. And, and what was the light bulb moment was, Oh, the resistance here is that you already, you think you know how to run. And in order for me to teach you how to run and how to breathe, I have to, uh, I have to unwind 
a lot of things, including your belief that you know how to run or that you know how to breathe. Because like, oh, these are natural things. Like I was born to run. I've been running since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And and so I, I I lay that out just simply to ask, is that one of the biggest challenges that you that you all have in doing this work, which is like which is just getting people to recognize that thoughts, that words are a skill if looked at as a skill. And a skill with all of these component parts and a skill with all of these this chunking and like start here, then move here, and then move here. Is that part of the the barrier that you guys see, but then also that all of us see in first just recognizing, oh, I can actually, it, I, I can fix this if I can, if I look at it not as, well, this is just who I am and this is how I run, this is how I think, to, oh, that's actually malleable. If I take 14 steps back, I ask the right question, suddenly I'm looking at this as, a, as something I can do, something I can fix. Thousand percent. And that's one of the functions of the language games is to help create an experience for people to to where they feel it as the as the old saying goes she who feels it knows it or he who feels it knows it and um very frequently people feel the difference mm-hmm. very 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 say the four times on on purpose frequently people feel the difference with a should detox or an i can't believe uh language game or um got to got to to get to uh, uh, or a, a variety of the other ones that we, they're, they're, they're engineered for a variety of, there, there's, there's several reasons why we run language games. And one of them is to help people feel uh, their words. Mm. Cause when they do, then it makes sense. And so much of that, <coughs> excuse me, so much of what you guys are talking about or so the, what I keep thinking about is like so much of this work requires that we slow it's huge, dude. down. It's huge. Is that is that a function of just the world we live in and all the things and all the connections and all the buzzing and all the beeping? Or is it that it, it's even deeper than that? Is this is this just inherent to being a human? Is that we go too fast when we should be going slow? Depends. So very interesting. They can set up cameras on uh, a city block and measure how fast people walk and then get an accurate uh, uh, estimation of how many people live in that city. Mm. It's the same thing with people's rate of speech. I live out in the country. You go out to the country and and people talk slower. Mm-hmm. You go to the city, people talk faster. Mm-hmm. And 98.5% of my professional time is dedicated to uh, the team and the, the, the enlisted coaches. Um, I deliver all the certifications. Uh, 1.5% of my professional time, I do I do one-on-one coaching, very niche, presentation skills. Uh, I'm a professional speaker and a, a professional speaking coach. Mm-hmm. And within the first 10 minutes of the first session, we're talking about rate of speech, okay? And this is something that all y'all coaches can play around with, have an experience for yourself. Go in to your next class and speak 20% slower than your normal rate of speech. Watch what happens. You're going to inflect differently on the words. Okay. You're going to, you're going to give yourself space to very likely create a better rhythm with your speech. And very likely you're going to say less and get more done. And your clients, your, your, your gym members are going to pay, um, 
more attention to you. What you want to do is you want to, and this goes, this goes for public speaking. This goes for coaching. This goes for teaching class. Speak at around 80% of your normal rate of speech. And what that will give you is it'll give you the range to speed it up when it's time to get excited mm. about whatever the thing is and then bring it down. A gives you space yeah, to make those important points. And then you become an entertaining coach. Show me an entertaining coach that wants to be successful and I'll show you someone who will be successful. Because guess what? Coaching is not just coaching. It's storytelling. This whole thing comes down to storytelling. Mindset is a story. It's storytelling. Most people are telling. Can I drop a four-letter word on you? I'll put the little explicit thing next to the episode so I don't get yelled at. I sometimes get yelled at when we swear, but that's okay. Most, uh, most people are, are busy telling themselves shitty stories about themselves. And they've never been taught how to do anything else. That's what we're in the business in. Our coaches learn to take people's stories victim-centric stories that are forcing them to see themselves in certain lights and and profoundly disempower themselves and trap their breath and, and create these very entrenched negative feedback loops and get the things on paper, air them out, change some of the words, teach your clients as you go, okay, and, and help them, help them help them go from a victim to the hero of their own story. That might sound cheesy. And guess what? It's a, it's a possibility. It's an option. And the more people learn about the power of their words and their stories, it, it goes from a possibility to a probability. Okay. Cause most people can tell you, I opened three years worth of workshops with this. Hey, I'm Mark. Thanks for coming. How do you want to feel? <laughs> and people can tell you how they want to feel in a very short amount of time. And yet they weren't, though mm -hmm. they were dealing with this <laughs> stuckness where's that coming from a lot of it's coming from their stories and their words mm -hmm. rants and tangents i go on them you want to play another language game yeah cool this is known as soft goals which leads us into the soft talk challenge one goal for 2022 Write it down, whatever it is. It could be personal. It could be professional. Ladies and gentlemen, listening, if you're in the mood, participate. It's fun. <laughs> here's, here's another experience for you. And here's some interesting numbers for you. So like I said on the last podcast we did, uh, these are these are, these are are teaching. I, I see these, any podcast I go, it's, it's all teaching. We remember 30% of what we hear, 50% of what we write, 80% of what we teach. If any of this resonates to you, turn around and share it with someone as soon as possible because you'll get it faster. This is known as soft goals. It's a super easy to run with an individual. If you have individual coaching clients, it's super easy to run in classes. Okay. You just have everybody write down a goal, mm -hmm. full sentence with a period. Patrick, what's your goal? Uh, I, my goal for the year is to successfully launch a brand workshop that I'm currently working on. Perfect. And then the feels, what kind of energy comes along with that? Uh, excitement, uh, nervous excitement. <laughs> okay. Fantastic. All right answers. Ben, what's yours? To be able to sleep eight hours a night. My man. How's that feel? <laughs> like a distant goal. Okay. We're, gonna, we're, we're actually going to make it worse. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh Patrick, mm -hmm. add a guess. The word guess anywhere in that anywhere in that goal and then say it. Guess like I, I guess. The word guess. Yep. 
I, I, uh, I guess I'll, I'll successfully launch a brand workshop this year. Perfect. We added one word in, folks. What happened to the vibe? That's what terrible. To- <laughs> the one word game. I didn't want to say it. I, I, I believe you. I believe you. And and Ben, add in a kinda. I, I kind of want to sleep eight hours a night. How's that one feel? True. <laughs> Probably more realistic. <laughs> All right, folks, that is a great way to help people understand what one soft talk keyword can do to something of importance, our goals. So here's the soft talk challenge. Uh, I'm going to tell a little story about the reticular activating system and and a gorilla in a stolen car, which will lead us, true story, will lead us right into the soft talk challenge, which is uh, if, if here's one of my promises, folks. If you do the soft talk challenge, you're going to raise your awareness about soft talk keywords. And once you do that, you're going to start hearing them everywhere, your language, other people's language, and you're going to start plucking them out and you're going to have an experience. You're like, oh my God, this is real. So uh, I'm, I'm early guy. I like to be places early like today and she's she's all, all the same same with her and it was, it's 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 a fun way to live so i'm i walk out the door 2017 going to give a presentation and and i'm early and i'm rehearsing in my head uh, as i do and i go over to where i parked my car the night before and it's gone empty space i'm staring at it Took me a hot second to connect the dots. Once I did, I called the police and I said, help. And they said, hold on, buddy, we're coming. And then I called my dad and I said, dad, somebody stole the, 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 my SUV. I, I got stuff to do. I need the farm truck. <laughs> so this is happening in Richmond. My dad has I've a never farm. never said that sentence and I never will. I need yeah. the farm truck. <laughs> I need the farm truck. Bring the tractor. But it's, it's <laughs> right. I would have, if, if necessary, uh, um, my dad, so this happened in Richmond. We have a family farm in the middle of the, the state of Virginia. Kimberly's been out there. It's Bumpkinville. Love it. And 1985, my father purchased uh, a Ford F-150, two tones of brown. We call it brown and browner off the show, showroom floor, mint condition. It's still in mint condition out at the, uh, and this brings me, we are going to do an IG live driving around brown and browner in Richmond because uh, we thought about that the other day. And so I go get Brown and Browner and I drive Brown and Browner into Richmond. And within 24 hours, again, the, the listening to Chasing Excellence, it was, it was, I've been very excited to come up here and chat with you gentlemen for a variety of reasons. And once I listened to your, the, the audio book, it was just, this is super, this, this conversation mesh meshes with what y'all do up here big time. And you, you talked about the, the, the car. So I started seeing 1985 ish Ford F-150s all three and two city blocks. There's actually a lot of them in Richmond, Virginia, and only the people that drive 1985 Ford F-150s know about it. A lot of people have had that experience. You buy a new car, you start seeing that new car all over the place. That's the reticular activating system. The most famous Social, uh, the, the most famous study about the reticular activating system is the invisible gorilla study. Are you all familiar with that? Yeah. yeah. They, they, they get six kids to pass basketballs back and forth, uh, dress up the seventh kid. It's a one-minute video. Go to YouTube. 
invisible gorilla. It'll come right up. And and they have the, the kid in the gorilla costume, get in the middle of all the action and look at the camera and then leave. And then they show this video to tens of thousands of, of college students. And magicians know this. The people that know do the news know this. Direct somebody's attention somewhere and they're going to miss a lot of the rest. Mm-hmm. And so they direct the attention of the people watching the video to count how many times the white team passed the basketballs back and forth to themselves. And then they ask them at the end, correct answer is 15. And they ask them, well, by the way, did you, did you happen to see the, uh, the gorilla 50% edit it out because they're not looking for it. Okay. And, uh, uh, and, and then the, the, the question is, does, does that only apply the reticular activating system? Kimberly said it in the last, uh, conversation, it goes on a search and edit mission. So while it's fine, once it once something gets deemed as important, mm. it goes on a search mission to find more of that thing, and then it edits out anything that's not that. So not, find more 1985 Ford F-150s, edit out everything that's not that. Go find more proof that I've wrecked my life mm. in Thailand and edit out all the other stuff that that uh, that's that's counter that's counter to that okay and important side note everything that we're talking about here folks it goes for it goes for stuff inside the gym and outside of the gym this woman came in there's a story from from my coaching practice this woman came in and she was very forthcoming she hit the chair and she said i'm having problems in my in my my marriage uh my husband thinks um um i'm attractive and i refuse to believe him and i know where it's coming from i just don't know what to do about it Okay, so she's 10 years old, walks into her grandparents' kitchen and is for Christmas. They go there for Christmas. And as soon as she gets in the door, her great aunt leans down and goes, my, you have a big nose, just like me. Little girl tightens up, goes into that stress response runs into the bathroom. What was the first thing she looked at? Mm-hmm. Her nose, which is no bigger physically than it was 10 seconds ago. But now in her imagination, she's got a honker, which means she's ugly. Reticular activating system comes online and says, oh, if, if, if you're ugly, then great. I'm going to go find more proof of this and I'm going to edit out anything that's contrary to that. Uh, like all of your beautiful qualities and the compliments your husband gives you. And so this conversation goes... It can and usually does go. It goes as deep as people want it to. Okay, and we're here to pe- to help people dispel the victim mentality. Okay, it's as simple as that. Dispel the victim mentality. Focus on. Stay focused on the things that are important to you. Keep the drama low. Unlock the breath. Life gets better. Everything gets better. And so, and soft talk. Back to that is where we start the conversation, um, or or a lot of times end the conversation, or it's the first thing we tell people to focus on because it's the easiest thing for people to get their head around and practice and then have an experience. Mm -hmm. So take a clean sheet of paper, everybody. I'm about to recite the 11 or so soft talk keywords, and I want you to write them five times larger than you normally do because a reticular activating system is going to go, hey, why am I writing these things five times larger than I normally do? And then it goes, don't worry about it. Just pay attention to them. Great. First word, think. 
might maybe sort of kind of guess possibly perhaps I don't know if this is five times longer, but I'm, <laughs> I'm running out of paper. Let's That's good. We're almost done. Yeah. Hopefully. Try. And one day. Be a two-day person, folks. It's a lot cooler. One day I'm going to... And so what you do, folks, is you take that piece of paper, tape it to your bathroom mirror, Okay. Or someplace you're definitely going to see it for seven days. That's all it takes. You're Like I said, you're going to start seeing this stuff everywhere. It's known as verbal litter for a reason. And what do you do? You start plucking it out. Mm. Okay, Take it out of your text. Take it out of your emails. Watch what happens. You're going to have a clearer, cleaner exchange with people. You're going to... And, and here's, a, here's another uh, promise. If you... If you do this, if you cut your soft talk use by 50%, and that'll take you roughly about six months, if you cut it in half, you will double your confidence. And you would double your confidence. I mean, picture that. We're talking about becoming potent people, powerful, potent individuals, conscious storytellers, powerful storytellers. And I mean, come on, like, What's more consistent? It's not even because it's, it's relentless. It's the first thing we, we notice when we're awake. It's not like I get up out of bed and go make some coffee and go use the bathroom. And then I start thinking, mm-hmm. no, it's like before my eyeballs are open, this thing turns on and the story starts going. That's how I recognize that I'm waking up. And it's the same. It's the last thing that I register before I go to bed is a thought. I mean, it is a, it is a consistent, relentless, uh, uh, force in our life and most most people have little to no training about how to use it mm-hmm. okay and it again it's it's easy folks none of this stuff's rocket science it's what, easy. just so what did you call that the 11 11 what just so we have a soft talk keywords it's a soft talk challenge okay those words right there are i promise you this they are directly involved in people's indecision and anxiety prolonged bouts of indecision are very stressful mm. okay very stressful what mount malmody is it's another thing I, I butcher his name he said i i prefer the fear of making the wrong decision to the terror of indecision back to when i watched people learn how to run one of the things that happens after that is you drive down the road and you see people running and you think, Oh God, that's terrible. Oh God. Why don't they, why can't they feel that? Uh, and I imagine that that's, that's effectively what you're saying is once you identify it, once you are aware of it, well, that's the first step because then you can do something about it. How though, and this kind of maybe goes into the coaching conversation a little bit, maybe not, maybe it doesn't matter, but how do you not become the the should police ah i just caught you yeah like how do you not become the person constantly identifying and pointing it out in other people maybe in in a way that so you don't have to do it to yourself but like where do you want maybe maybe you're right damn it you're good so do you do you recommend that 
people do it to other people. You know, you kind of mentioned that, like teach, right? Go talk about where is that line though? Be where that you become uh, obnoxious. I've been talking a lot on this podcast, Kimberly. <laughs> so yeah, I'd love to answer. So this brings into an interesting topic of culture. Mm -hmm. So we do training with teams and we work in corporate environments, gym environments, and community environments where people are learning this together. So you guys now have learned this together and now you guys can police each other in a way that's really uh, when I edit the podcast now, I'm just going to clip out every time that Ben yeah, says one of these words, totally, I'm just going to yes. send them an audio. From <laughs> and so now you both have an awareness together that allows you to uh, help move each other forward and help to make it fun and playful rather than it being policing in a, you should change your language because now I just should all over you. So, so that's the first, the first example is really like learn this together with people, practice this together, whether it's within your family, with your partner, uh, with your clients, teach them as you're an practice with them, uh, practice within your team, practice within the entire gym, you know, teach it to everybody in the gym. And now everybody's speaking the same language. What's the, not to interrupt, but what is the short reason why? I, okay. So we're going to like, let's say we go into the, uh, the gym context. Now I'm as a coach, I'm going to start. What is the short, like we, we've been talking for almost two hours now. What is the, I've got two minutes of your attention to explain to you why this matters. Would you like to improve your confidence? Cool. That's not that simple. Got it. For Love soft it. talk, yeah. Yep. Cool. Um, if we extrapolate it out to the full and lifted method, what we talk about is unlocking freedom and confidence. And so freedom, right? People, everybody wants freedom. It's like, yeah, I want freedom. Okay, how do we do it? And it's interesting enough that people are you know, willing to play. And that's the exact purpose of the language games is the quick interaction, playful. It's fun. There's no pressure on it from a context of like, Oh God, I have to learn this whole thing. It's just one example of how it works. Mm -hmm. And the, the practice piece, it's easier to practice in a team. It's easier to go to a group fitness class than it is to go work out on your own. Right. So same thing here, practice also, with people. It also strikes me as at least getting us close to, to, um, to deep practice or, or, uh, what is, what is the phrase? The, um, unlearning? No. What is it's, uh, it's not deep. It's not deep practice. It's, uh, why can't I deep think programming? No. Nope. <laughs> one of my point though is, is that it, it offers the opportunity to get feedback mm -hmm. and that part of, and, and that is part of the process one of, of the learning something. Of deep, one of the, yeah. Of deep practice. Yeah. Is it deep practice? Yeah. 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 So, so I all just stumble my way to saying like, that's why I think that that's, that's a cool idea is you put yourself in an environment where people speak the same language so that, Oh, when he says, Oh, you said maybe like, Oh, I got it. Thanks. Yeah. And the second component to it is this, when you become hyper aware of your words and language and you really study it and it becomes part of your daily practice, it's something that is so integral to how you operate and think and feel it also gives you, when you get the full picture of it, gives you more empathy with other people. Mm -hmm. Because when I hear somebody say that they should, or they use soft talk, or they project, I don't correct them. It's not something that I, you know, unless I'm in a coaching environment, then yeah, I'm going to correct you, right? And if I'm in a space where it's like I've been asked to help, I will help um, in my day-to-day -day life, right? This is rampant guys, now that you've heard this, go scroll for in on Instagram for five minutes and tell me how many motivational memes you see that are riddled with mm -hmm. pressure language and negations and, uh, just codependencies. It's all Don't there. Don't let them talk you out of it. Yeah. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. yeah or Don't let me you talk know, me out of it. Never okay? give up on well, your do, dreams. Do, uh, I like, or yeah, or like something along the lines of of nerds. You uh, nerds. to be better tomorrow. You have to be better today. Okay. Well, it's like have to. That's pressure language, mm-hmm. and so you'll start to see it now that you've seen it everywhere. You'll start to see it. So the thing becomes rather than trying to correct everyone else, it enhances your awareness and enhances your ability to filter out for yourself. But it also, the empathy level is a huge thing. And I stress this with all of our coaches because in a coaching environment, you don't, the, the, the goal is that you can understand where your client's coming from and you can understand where they're at and then meet them there. Exactly. So Nailed it. the the idea of somebody coming into the gym and shooting all over themselves, right? You, it, I'm a child that will always be funny to me when you Yeah, I think it's great. It's, it's, it's funny, right? It's playful. We like that. Or somebody who comes in and tells them, man, I can never get this right. I've Mm -hmm. always failed at this. I'm never going to be able to figure this out, right? Like now you understand those binary language patterns and all of a sudden you have, you can imagine the mental picture and a feeling that is associated with it for them. So rather than them, you know, we asked you, checked in with the feels, how does it feel? I pretty much have an idea of what you're going to say because I can create that level of empathy of saying, yeah, I can imagine that feels like there's a lot of pressure or that I'm not showing up in this way because of how those words paint the image. Our brains, if we're sp- if we're speaking English, we all paint similar pictures and feelings attached to similar sentences and phrases with mild variety. Um, now I know where you're at. Mm-hmm. And so I can either take the approach of if I'm in a coaching environment, help you reframe and create a different mental picture by using different tools, aka words, pull out your pen, write it down, guide you to that choice for yourself. Or I can say, all right, you know, Joe is coming in. He's got a lot of pressure on him today. And I see where he, how he's talking that himself into that story. And rather than trying to explain him out of it or try to talk him out of it, I can empathize and I can understand. And I can say, all right, Joe, like if I'm in a personal training session and I know you didn't get any sleep and I know you haven't eaten any food today. And I know you, we plan to go for high intensity today, but I'm not going to take you there because I see where you're at and I understand the story that's in your head. I understand how much space you have up here to listen to me and to be receptive to what I'm teaching. We haven't dived deep into the breathing pattern, so we could go there. You can also see it in people's breath. So, and you can also see it in their rate of speech. Mm-hmm. So if I'm speaking really fast and I'm breathing really shallow, I know you can't listen to me mm-hmm. and I know you're running circles in your own head. So there's the, the empathy component is huge, particularly in coaching. It's also huge in relationships. It's huge in anything where you're in a workplace environment, understanding where your employees are coming in. If you're a manager, understanding where your team's at. And then if you all have the same tools, because you've learned, you've played with this in a fun way and you make language fun and playful. Now you can practice together. So you become aware and you practice and you improve. So I loved your answer. And then in terms of like, do you want to improve your confidence? That's such a beautiful, simplistic, love it for like the soft word, the key soft words. Um, What, what's the answer? Is it the same answer for the whole thing? Right? Like we've been talking Mm -hmm. again for two hours. It's like the whole thing of like, I, because I've, I've been, I've done this before where I've corrected people's speech. And uh, you know, my answer is like, words matter. And they're like, why? And I always go like, your, your thoughts become your words, your words become your actions, your actions dictate who you become. We're trying to break the chain, become aware at some point. 
I feel like you have a much better answer to that. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure that I have a much better example, but I have a more fun example. Cool. So the magic word that we've left out of this conversation is abracadabra. Hmm. And when you guys, I mean, you had a hmm, so that means something clicked over here that you got it. Um, what do you think of when you think of abracadabra? Well, I've seen the TED talk, but <laughs> but magic, magic, <laughs> I'll, right? I'll play along, right? So, okay, so magic, so so magic is the idea of right. We this is a very well recognized word that people understand, and that pink picks up a little bit of, huh? What are you talking about? Um, and then abracadabra translates to with my word I create. So the magic wands, right? We're taking words that exist in our thoughts in the land of whatever's happening in our brain, this ethereal realm out you say outside that part of, of I, it. I, I space for a second. Okay, so I was yeah. still talking, with my word. With my word, I create or with, with my word, I influence. Okay. So. Spells. 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 Yeah. Exactly. And so the magic wand, right? By taking the thoughts which exist only, they don't exist in a physical realm, really. Like they exist in our mind. And we can take those through our pen, through our magic wand, and bring them into reality on paper. Mm. And then we can play with them and shape them. And now it's like a physical thing that we can work on together. So the is it a better? It's the same concept. Yeah. It's your thoughts, your words create your thoughts, your thoughts create your story in our language, in our in our scenario. And then your story creates your identity in our conversation, right? So our identities are a collection of our stories and that's how I operate in the world. And my identity is what's going to influence my actions. Because if I'm a, you know, I'm the kind of person who, yeah, if I'm, dot, dot, dot. if I'm an elite athlete, like, well, what do elite athletes do? Mm -hmm. Of course I go to the gym and of course I drink water and of course I eat well. And of course I, you know, like, of course that's what they do. If I'm a teacher, well, what do teachers do? If I'm, you know, getting healthy and fit, what, what does that person do? And the identity, right? So it's words to thoughts, thoughts to stories, stories to identity. And, and it goes both ways. You know, I'm a loser. What do losers do? Yeah. You know, um, in a, in a, uh, to piggyback off her one line answer, uh, you know, how, how do you want to be powerful? You know, do you want to be confident? Soft talk. Why should I pay attention to my, my language and my stories? Do you want to be powerful? Improve your words. Watch what happens. You will become, you will become a more powerful, potent, dynamic storyteller mm. to yourself. And then that's something that's a quite the skill, mm. you know, quite the skill telling great stories. Show me something better. So you guys are teaching people to cast better spells. Yes. Very rarely do we. Hey, Mark <laughs> and Kimberly, thanks for coming in. What do y'all do? We teach people to cast better spells. No, we, we we eventually we get to that part of the conversation, and you're absolutely right. We do. Abracadabra. I mean, I'm. Uh, I said this yesterday on the uh, uh, the the workshop that we did. I'm. I'm not. I never saw myself as a wallet and a chain guy <laughs> until one of but our he's got ones. <laughs> the the abracadabra oh, yeah. written yep. on here and i had a i had literally had a magic pouch full of stones with abracadabra laser etched into them i gave them all out yep. yesterday i'll mail you guys some uh uh 
this you traveled concept. with a pouch full of yes like, yeah so people can't see him he's actually dressed he has a long purple hat <laughs> and a robe he's actually dressed like Merlin. it didn't make any sense until yeah, now i understand it he, do, he does in fact have that costume um <laughs> if folks do want to see the abracadabra that he's you guys just I, go check yeah. out his test so i'm super curious now because like we've we teased a little bit we've done the should detox we've done the soft keywords um we teased the breathing thing mm. i'd love for you guys to walk us through that part okay so, so what we've gone through so far is very like, you know, conversational and, and talking points that you can share with your friend over a cup of coffee or quickly practice while you're in the car and or be a better Instagram influence, be a better answer. Insta- yeah, yeah, well, for sure. Um, and these are like, you know, tip of the iceberg of the conversation. So what we certify coaches in, in the, the deepest expression of what we call the enlifted method, also interchangeable with story work, is a four-step process of taking people through stories that really are stuck and that they're wound up about and create some space for them, create the opportunity to check in with their feelings, create the opportunity for them to move the picture away from their face so that they can uh, detach from the emotion in the story a little bit. And that's where the breath component comes into play. So the four-step in lifted method is first thing, write it down, write the story down. So when we have a story on paper, now we can take it. We can be on the same page. Funny how we say how that. How do I right? know what the story is? So like, I just know that yeah. like I have social anxiety, but I don't know why mm-hmm. I just know that I have an eating disorder. I don't know why. I just know that I don't like public speaking. Like, So we can take those bigger Uh, themes, right? A fear of public speaking or social anxiety is like a theme. And we can break it down to a specific instance of when we experienced it or memory or tightly wound, um, maybe public speaking. This is a great example of like, you know, the third grade speech when they make you give a presentation and they don't prepare you for a presentation, but then they watch you get up in front of your class and talk to everybody and make your speech. What if people have pushed that down so far that it's not like We can look for accessible. a closer example. Yeah. So we could look for um, the example of if I have social anxiety and it's like, okay, tell me what happened yesterday when you met a new person. And we want to tie ourselves to something that is accessible, right? So because mm-hmm. many people have really got those memories stuffed down, we want to get ourselves to a place where we can access. Uh, we, we, Ideally, we want to get to the root. Ideally, we want to get to the first instance. We're going to get to what's accessible and what's emotionally charged. So we'll take that story and we want... So the story in our mind, before we write it down, could be very much... We don't we don't think about it conversationally. When we say a story, we want to write it down. We want like as if you were writing it in a book. You know, you're writing it and I hand it to Patrick and he can read it and he knows what happened. He knows who was there. He knows the outcome. He knows the, ex- the experience. Um, if until I put it in a conversational beginning to end story, I'm just wound up about how yesterday when I had to meet Kaylee, it was like I, I never met her before and I didn't want to interact with a new person. And I just fumbled over my words and I didn't feel confident. So I was hid in the like corner. I walked into the coffee shop. Exactly. Like, okay, got that kind of right. So Beginning, I, middle, and end. Exactly. And put it down on paper. So now that that's step one, right? And most people have never done that with a story or experience that's emotionally charged or traumatic. So put it down. Just is there something... It. Sorry to... Uh, yeah. Is there something... Can someone type it or is there some mechanistically about pen and paper? So we teach in our coaching certification on a Google Doc. 
because we host most of sessions virtually. So it can be typed or it could be physically written down. Uh, the, the, the piece we care about is that it has been externalized. So it is no longer running through our head. In fact, it's on paper or in a note on the computer. Mm -hmm. It exists somewhere. And that the, exactly what you said, beginning, middle and end. Mm -hmm. So it's finite. Do you have anything else to add on that part? You're doing great. Great. Okay. (laughs) So he's a little worried right now. Yeah. So, (laughs) so we have the thing on paper or on a digital paper Mm -hmm. and what the, what that allows is now, you know, there's a little bit of relief in step Mm -hmm. one because it's no longer floating around in my head. It's on a piece of paper and then check in with it. All right, great. If you're working in a coaching environment or if you want to do this process for yourself, step two, read it out loud. So we go from written word to spoken. When we speak it, now you're going to notice a couple things in the rate of speech. You're going to notice a little bit of the inflection points in your voice. You're also might notice if it's a very emotional story, people might start to break down. They might start to show visible emotion. They might try to avoid it by reading it really fast. <laughs> so we have, uh, we have more feedback now. We have more understanding. Okay, step two, check check in with how it feels similar to how we did with the should detox. We're taking that and we're saying, okay, how did that story make you feel? And where is it in your body? Have you felt that before? When's the first time you felt that? And if we're using the example of something that happened very recently and we can connect an emotion there to, uh, well, the first time I felt this was when I was seven and that person maybe previously didn't have access to that experience, but now they feel it and they're like, Oh no, no, I know where that one was. Now we go there, right? We can take it to that point. Say we continue working with the same story. Okay, great. Read it again, slow it down. So 70% Mm -hmm. of what you just read it as gives us a chance, feel a little bit more. The slower we speak, the more happens for us emotionally or the more that happens for us in the picture in our head, we can collect more. The movie is playing across the screen of my forehead. And, and all of a sudden now I'm more in touch. I can look at it closer or I can get a little space from it too. So I, you know, yeah, that happened and okay, cool. Maybe that's the part where it just like cranks up the emotion. And now it's really difficult because I've been previously reading through it with machine gun mouth and like, unable to actually get a breath in or anything. So then we do same thing, check in with the feels, see where we're at, understand what, um, what has arisen in that process. If anything feels different. Okay, great. Next step, we take it and we include the breath. So each level of this is taking it from a story whirling in my head to concrete on paper, beginning, middle and end to, okay, spoke it out loud. That changed it a little bit. Now I read it slower. I got a different experience here because remember our language influences our feelings and emotions, our posture, our breathing, and our, uh, what did I miss? Imagination. Mm -hmm. So we are able to, when we are slower, now we feel and see those four components a little differently. We experience them a little differently. We add in the breath at step four. Now this is where the whole thing kind of, it, unravels a bit more because now I have a lot of space to check in with my feeling. I have a lot of space from the stress of it. And because I'm taking full complete inhales and exhales between 
really between sentences. So at a period is when you're going to take a breath. Sometimes around a comma, if you have a long sentence, chunk them down, take a big, big, deep breath in, full inhale, diaphragm breathing, right? We're talking really breathe in, full, long, exaggerated breath out. Okay, I read the whole thing. I breathed. Now what? And most of the time, what people are going to have an experience is is an emotional release mm-hmm. through this process. And they're going to have a lot of space and distance from the story. They also have a lot more clarity. Because without even getting to the point where we start changing any of the words, what we've done is we've given you the opportunity to see more accurately or more clear. And then it's like the the example that Mark used in part one, which was that which is a similar process to what we teach, is like he did that to me, which was the whole thing holding the whole story together. We start to we search for the conflict language and really understanding what what is the the core of it. And if we can change one sentence and rather than it being, he did that to me, he did that to himself. (sighs) Now the whole thing just looks totally different in my head. And I can, whether it's in that moment, feel immediately different about the process and and what happened in that moment, in that story, or maybe it doesn't hit me right away. Maybe it shows up later, but I have more room to breathe. Mm-hmm. I have more space from it. And I have the ability to like be more objective with my own story rather than being so caught in it that it's blinding me. So that that four-step process is the enlifted method that we teach and we certify coaches in so that they can take those small, seemingly uh, fun, playful language games and and reframes for people and practice at that level, and then take them into a journey where it's like, what's really forming their beliefs? And, you know, we said belief systems, it's opinions, right? The, the idea of, of what it, they believe to be true about themselves, how they view the world. And when you do, when you go into really tight moments, and for injury stories is a great example of a competitor that's always been injured in this and in, in like, or not always been injured, they've been injured and they're operating from this place of, I can't do this thing because I'm injured or I'm never going to be able to get myself up the rope or I always fail here. Okay. Unwind the story where the emotional charge is and you can be more objective about it. And it's like, Oh, how now, how, how do I, how do I change? And what do I do differently? But when people are emotionally charged about anything, you can't problem solve. You're just in, you're in the emotion, you're in the stuck. So we take that process, create space, for people, right? That's the unlock freedom, freedom from the story. Mm. And then we create confidence by reshifting and re-architecting their language in a way that serves the story that serves them, builds an identity that serves them, builds a belief system that serves them that that they are choosing, right? That that the person who's practicing, and you can practice this on yourself. I do it to myself all the time. It's pretty fun. You know, once you learn the system, you practice it and you you create it in a way that's this is who I want to be. This is how I want to show up. These are the thoughts that I want to have. This is how it's going to go. And until you clear out the limiting stuff, all of the architect stuff just falls flat. It feels like it, it doesn't feel real. Mm-hmm. It's super cool. We have a um, kind of a, a belief that people live in three different states. It's either resistance, acceptance, or enjoyment. And this is a mechanistic way for people to transcend these different levels. Because as you said before, people have these inherent stories, these storytelling machines going on in their mind that 
life is a certain way because dot, 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 I have no ownership over it, no control over it whatsoever. And that is a resistance mind. That's just like, you're pushing it down, you're pushing it down. And through this, slow it, write it down, Mm -hmm. slow it down, breathe in between, you create this place to create some space. And through that space, you can learn to accept this moment. So as Mark said, with his injury, it's like, I did that to me. And once you have that, you're no longer resistance, you're in acceptance. This is something that yeah. I did to me. And once you have that level of acceptance, now all of a sudden we can start to figure out like, okay, I did that. That was, I had as much as part of that as anybody else. I moved here. I went in the ring. I dot, 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 dot. Now all of a sudden this weight is lifted off. This acceptance starts to turn into a level of enjoyment. Dude, I'm in freaking Thailand right now. I haven't laughed in a year. And now it's like, whoa, like let it go. Let it go. I'll do a, a Mark thing. Let <laughs> it go. I've already got Mark. Things. I thought you were going to do a Frozen yeah. thing, but, but Mark. Let, let it go. go. <laughs> let it go. And when you let I it go, sometimes. when you let it go, then you can yeah. enjoy. Then you can laugh. And it's like, it's such a beautiful, I love the, I, I love the, the, the mechanistically like how to how do we actually move through those different states yeah and that's i really i like your system as well because the resistance that uh in a lot of ways what's the opposite of freedom right we're talking we're focused on the goal of freedom and confidence what's the opposite of freedom restraint and restriction and resistance and if i'm if i'm restricted and and i'm resisting anything then i definitely am not free and breath trapped in the chest is is you're demonstrating resistance Good luck accepting anything while you're breathing in your chest. Yeah. If you want to make yourself acceptance prone, get the breath low and slow. So you mentioned so you mentioned diaphragmatic breath, mm-hmm. low and slow, yeah. um, not, not trapped in the chest. Is there um, is the in is it um, is the instruction just is it that or is it do you guys go into like pranayama? Do you guys like is it like a, is there like an actual like breath work practice or is it no just Wim Hof, like just breathe, mother. You know, just <laughs> so breathe. Like it we, doesn't matter. Like it's just a matter of breathing. Like I don't think there's a right or a wrong. I'm just curious what you guys will use your word awareness. When yeah. most people when when people become aware of their breath, uh they're like, okay, yeah, I want to get that down there because that feels good. Um, and we're we've got black belts in simplicity, low and slow. Mm. Okay. Just low and slow. Get it down there and slow it down. Cause most people are high and tight. Okay. High and tight gets the fight. Low and slow creates the flow. And we have a um, shout out to Brandon Powell. He's a level three Wim Hof instructor. He certifies all the North American instructors. I've known the cat 35 years from middle school. He's uh, we bring him in once a month to do the breath work class for the enlisted coaches. He's the the breath work coach. Um, and there are, of course, there are a variety of different styles of breath work. Anything that brings awareness to the breath. Yes. Let's have the conversation. Anything that brings awareness to the words and the stories. Yes. Let's have the conversation. NLP, uh, conscious language, um, uh, NLP, neurolinguistic programming, nonviolent communication, Mm. Uh, any uh, landmark does great work with the, with the specific words, anything that's going to help is just like cross fit, cross train, go out and look, look at, look at the people that are research, the people that are helping people raise their awareness about their language. Um, uh, it's, it's, this 
is where mindset is going. This is where mindset's going into what words do I use more of and why? How do I, how do I tell better stories to myself? How do I, how do I speak to my children in more powerful, fun, adventurous, constructive ways? And, and the, when we add in, like I said in the, the previous podcast, we add in the conversation about it's where the rubber meets the road with mindset, the words, then mindset becomes practical. Then mindset becomes practical. I can practice thinking. I can practice speaking and writing in different and better ways. I think it's the biggest thing is that mindset, as you start off with the conversation, it's so uh, elusive. It's, it's so huge. fuzzy. It's so... Um, um, non-measurable, non-benchmarkable. Um, and because of that, it seems unattainable. Uh, uh, yeah. It, and, yeah. So giving people the, the pr- a protocol and awareness of the practice uh, makes it really grounded and um, changes the perception of what mindset is. And what people can become. Because if I'm, if I've, if, uh, if mindset is this thing that some, that some people are just born with, then, then that really does, uh, uh, support the current definition of identity is the fact of being what a person is, who and what a person is. And that person's confident and I'm not, okay. Mindset, mindset made practical though. Oh, right. Well, if I'm, if I can improve my stories, um, then, then. Uh, then what am I, you know, who am I is that's cooked. What am I? That's a, that's a very different and interesting story. So we become more malleable. We become more. Well, participatory, we become the participant as opposed to the, the bystander. Repeating myself now. (laughs) I think it's a good place to start wrapping up. Thank you both. We could clearly talk to you about these things for hours. And so we'll have to do it again. Um, Thank you both for making the trip up. Uh, I think Ben and I thoroughly enjoyed it. I hope everybody out there thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, Where is the best place to find more about this work? Where do you want to point people? Two spots. So if you want to play with us on Instagram, add in lifted coaches, you'll see some language and games there. You'll see a, a great display of who our coaches are, people that uh, have gone through the certification, what they're doing with the work, how they apply it, how to utilize it. And then if you want to learn more about the Enlifted method, you want to learn more about our coaching certifications, go to enlifted.me. So it's E-N-L-I-F-T-E-D dot M-E. And that will have all the details of what it's, you know, how to use the, um, the Enlifted coaching certification, what's available to you there, a little bit about what it is to be an Enlifted coach, and then uh, the Enlifted app, which we didn't speak much about, but there'll be a little teaser about that. Okay, well, there. When, you get it, when you get it done, come back and we'll, we'll keep yeah. talking about it. Mark, Super Kimberly, cool. thank you both so very much. Thank you. Thank ben. you, everybody out there for listening. Thank you for your ratings and your reviews. Ben and I will be back next week for another episode of Chasing Excellence. You can get every episode of Chasing Excellence wherever you listen to your podcasts or on YouTube. Until next time, thank you for listening. 
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.